Hello, hello, hello all. So let's just start out with the good old, I do not own the rights to this music and I do not own the rights to any music that will be played in future podcasts, but we will cover that each time. Okay, everyone, so welcome to the new channel, Effed Up Crime, because let's face it, there is a lot of effed up crime going on out there at the moment. Um, uh, so yeah, new podcast. Um, I did have another channel. Um, but I've decided to move over to the true crime genre, um, at, at, away from fiction because, well, at least in the author world I have, um, but we all know that I'm going to go back to that when I need a break from the real world, which, let me tell you, I am sick of right now. So if you would like to check me out or check my books out, um, I will post the links with the podcast to Amazon and to our new effed up crime page on Facebook. So today we will be covering, I will be covering, the monumental case um, of the shooting of Rayshard Brooks, the man that was killed in the parking lot of a Wendy's um, over in Atlanta in the USA. So this case has not only divided a nation, but it's also divided the globe. I know this because I live in Melbourne, Australia, and there has been much discussion and debate on the subject. And let me tell you, oh my goodness, down here it's, yeah, it's just been back and forth. But while looking over this case and getting ready for the podcast, I'll admit it's taken a couple of days to decide where I should start with this story because there's just so much to cover. A lot's happened, a lot needs to be addressed. Um, so in the end, my tiny brain um, decided that I'd just go from the start. Um, so Rayshard Brooks was 27 years old. Um, he'd been married for eight years and he had three children as well as a stepchild. But from what I've heard, listened to, seen, um, there was a girlfriend in the mix of things. So I don't know if he left his wife or what's going on there. Um, but his criminal history was pretty lengthy. Um, he was, it, it was apprised of fraud, theft, family battery, cruelty to children and several driving offences. But here's my question, right? Why the hell wasn't he in prison? Especially when relating to cruelty to children charges, which is just horrifying. It's horrifying to know that people like that are charged with these things um, are allowed to walk the streets. But then again, pedophiles, oh, they just get the easy way out, to be honest. Absolutely disgusting, but we will take that subject up in another podcast at a future date. Um, but my anger towards that could be because I'm a mum, a mum that would kill anyone that tried to touch my kids any in any way, shape or form. But I've also been told that I am unreasonable when it comes to this subject, so I guess I should let that lie for now, only for now. Anyway, um, Brooks was sentenced to seven years, but he was released only a year um, into that sentence 
for whatever reason I haven't found it. Um, maybe prison overcrowding, good behaviour, which is still ridiculous for a year, but anyway. Um, but he was told that the next six years he would spend on probation and even a parking ticket would get him put back in prison. Um, so if Brooks was charged that night and taken in on a DUI, it would have completely hexed the deal that he had with um, the probation board. Um, and he would have been sent back to prison. So let's get on to the subject of the actual crime. So everyone's heard about this case. And if you haven't, you've been living under a rock or in the middle of the damn ocean. Um, which, if you do, I must state that I am extremely envious of you right now because the world has gone batshit crazy. Um, and you also wouldn't know that America is now in an absolute state of disrepair. Absolutely. It, and it's heartbreaking to see. Um, then, well, first up, we had the George Floyd murder. And it was absolutely reprehensible. No excuses whatsoever can be made in that case. Those officers were disgusting and deserved the charges that were filed against them. Um, and when it came to Mr. Floyd's case, I was, um, I can't think of a word. I, I don't want to say fortunate because it doesn't seem appropriate, but I can't think of any other way to say it. Um, so hear me out before you decide to throw your iPod against the wall, curse me out, and then charge me for said iPod. Um, but watching it, but watching the George Floyd situation live streamed was heart-wrenching for me. And I'll never forget watching the life drain from him in real time. And it did affect me. Usually I see things and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's terrible, and I move on because my my head and heart can't take these sorts of situations. But, but knowing that as I sat there, this man's life was gone, it, 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 yeah, it really affected me. Um, even though I don't live in the USA, as I mentioned before, um, but as an Australian, it showed me and hopefully the rest of the world what the hell is actually happening on the streets over there? It showed me just how blind I've been and whether it be deliberate or not, I can't tell you, I don't know. Um, I knew these things were happening, but I didn't realize until now just how often they were happening and how often the police have been trying and succeeding with getting away with murder and other um, discretions. But I've got to say, I applaud the Black Lives Matter movement. I know that a lot of white privileged assholes are up in arms about it all, but as a white woman, I want to, the world to open up their eyes. I beg of you. Because it's the privileged ones that are angry over these riots. Um, but there's only one thing that they haven't realised, which, by the way, is something that I have only just realised myself. Um, in the last few days, and that is that the, it's not the movement causing the destruction of property. Um, it's not the movement that's causing the rioting and looting. Um, no, the looting and destruction of property is being done by those that are just crooks, to be honest with you. We've seen white people doing it. We've seen the white people getting in on it. This isn't just an African-American thing, people. So don't go out there and be racist because you can. Um, 
And these people are just taking advantage of the situation because they can. And by no means are these people a part of the movement. And they, honestly, I don't think they care. Um, but we do all need to wake the hell up, especially us white folk. Because in Chicago over, the week, over this weekend alone, 104 people were shot. We're not talking cops shooting. No, this is gangs. A lot of it is gang related. Um, and 14 were killed. But the heartbreaking part is that five of those were children. Um, and one was a three-year-old boy. Oh my goodness, he is so adorable. I will put a photo up of him on the Facebook page. Um, and his name was Mackay James. And he was shot in Austin. Um, in the Austin area, area of Chicago. Um, his 27-year-old father was driving... Um, and Mackay was in the rear seat, and at approximately 6.25pm on the 21st, they were hit with a spray of bullets. And poor Mackay, um, a bullet hit his tiny little back, and he didn't survive. And what I want to know right now is, although I'm for the movement, I want to know where the hell the protests are for this little one. And... The answer, there won't be any because Chicago is a forgotten city. No one, and I hate to say this, but no one, not even the Black Lives Matter movement, give a crap about Chicago. No one cares because it just feels like it's, um, there's no helping. Um, but there is now a $2,000 reward for any information on Mackay James's case. So please, if you know something, say something. This three-year-old deserves justice. He, oh my goodness, absolutely adorable. Um, and it just hurts my heart to know that he, he died in such a way. Um, oh God, I've become distracted again, as per bloody usual. Um, but we will continue now. Um, so I've scoured the footage from the shooting of Brooks um, from both sides, both body cams of... Officer Devin Brosnan and Officer uh, Garrett Walsh. The two detectives involved, uh, oh, not detectives, officers, sorry. Um, I've also watched CCTV and the passerby videos that were in the drive through. Um, the 43 minutes and one second video um, from Brosnan's body cam opens with Brosnan approaching the white Toyota um, that looks like a Camry. Um, that is parked in the Wendy's drive-through in Atlanta, and Brooks is fast asleep behind the wheel. So Brosnan knocks on the door, um, and Brooks doesn't react. So he then goes to open the door and attempts to wake Brooks. Now, for the first 40 minutes, both officers Brosnan and Roll were extremely courteous to Brooks. Um, and in Brooks' defence. Not something I want to do because of the child um, charges, but in his defence, he was also actually lovely and cooperative, and he did everything they asked of him. Um, he was clearly impaired, um, but he did comply until 40 minutes into this um, debacle. And we will get to that. 
Um, again, Brosnan asks Brooks if he, uh, he he asks Brooks if he's tired and if he's had a long day. Um, Brooks only chuckles in response. Brosnan then informs Brooks that he's parked in the drive-thru and that he wants him to move his car to a parking spot, which to me is a form of entrapment. Um, well, in a sense it is. Um, Brosnan had noted that he could spell alcohol on Brooks and yet he made Brooks move the car. When he does, it's all caught on dash cam, which is going to show, yet yeah, he drove, but he was told to by an officer. Anyway, so there's going to be there's going to be so much crap on this, but yeah. Um, so once Brooks moved into the spot, which by the way was done very poorly, almost going up the gutter, uh, the officer retreats to his car and you can hear him chuckle and say, do I want to deal with this dude now? Um, and soon enough, Brosnan hops out when he sees that Brooks is back to sleep. Uh, so then he goes back to his vehicle where he does some checks on the registration of the car Brooks is in. But after Brosnan ran the checks, he went back to Brooks and he opens the door asking him why he fell asleep at the drive-thru. To which Brooks replies, I was waiting with my sister, on my sister. Brosnan then proceeds to ask Brooks how much he's had to drink that night. Um, which Brooks then mutters, not much. How much is not much? Brooks, Brooks then proceeds to give the officer an answer. But for the absolute life of me, I cannot make out what he mumbles in that moment. Uh, I've rewound it copious amounts of times, trying to figure it out, but the line is lost on me. I'm, But soon after that, Brosnan asks for his license anyway. Um, Brosnan then questions, when you say you've only had one drink, this is after he'd asked him what he'd had, um, what kind of drink do you have? Brooks replies, margarita. Now remember that. Just remember that. So then they go on to converse about the fact that the vehicle Brooks is driving is actually a rental car. Brooks goes to hop out of the car, but the officer stops him, telling him to stay seated. When the officer leaves Brooks, he calls in for a certified, well, when he steps away from the car, he calls in for a certified DUI officer to come to the scene to perform a sobriety test. Um, at 8 minutes and 19 seconds, you, I hear what I believe is the clicking of handcuffs. Um, so Brosnan then heads to Brosnan then sorry I was just trying to get the footage up um, he Brosnan then heads back to Brooks and tells him to stay in the car once again um, and we need to remember that Brooks is intoxicated so remembering simple instructions is a little bit difficult at that point in time we've all been there we all know it's hard because we've all done it anyway at 9 minutes and 54 seconds Brooks stands exiting the vehicle and he begins going through his wallet for his license. When he can't find it, he tells the officer um, the last time he remembered having it was when he checked into the hotel he's been staying in uh, locally. Brosnan accepts his explanation and asks him to take a seat once again. Brooks is still calm, he's softly spoken, he apologises to the officer over and over again as he gets back into the car. So um, he gives the officer his name, he remains cooperative, um, so 
Brosnan heads back to his vehicle um, where he begins to do some checks on the name given. So, Rooks then again exits his vehicle and he approaches the officer. Look, he's only wanting to hand the officer his ID and when he does, Brosnan thanks him but he yet again tells him, please return to this vehicle, take a seat. But he's so, imp he's so impaired that three feet away from the Toyota, he stops in his tracks and begins playing with his phone. Um, but while doing that, he does continue to apologise to the officer. So then Officer Brosnan goes on to ask him why he's in town. And Brooks explains that he's in town to visit his mother's grave. Um, she passed away a year and a half ago. Um, he also had his daughter's birthday. I believe it was her second birthday. Um, but he also has his girlfriend's birthday. So it was a big weekend for him. 14 minutes and 3 seconds into this, which I did have here. I don't know what is going on here. I think everything's been moved around on me, which I have done. And now I have. <laughs> now I've done it. Anyway, um... Rolf arrives at the scene, um, the man that is now up on capital murder charges, and they step away from the vehicle while Brosnan explains the situation that they found themselves in. Um, when the discussion's over, they reach Brooks once again, and Brooks proceeds to change his story when uh, Rolf questions him. He tells Rolf that his girlfriend dropped him off um, so he could get something to eat yet he was alone in the car, um, which is odd, remember that, because when he goes to say that, that his friend, now we're back to friend, is at the hotel, at this point it's all so damn confusing, you need to watch the whole video to be able to get the gist of what he's trying to say and what he's trying to do, um, anyway, he claims then that he was dropped off at the Wendy's because he had been picked up from there earlier in the day um, and claims that the white Toyota was supposedly parked in the parking lot for hours by this point. Um, but I haven't been able to corroborate these details as yet. Um, look, there's plenty of information out there, um, but right now not every single detail is available. It'll come to light as the inquest will be prepared. Um, Brosnan then goes on to remind Brooks that they are only there because someone called 911 about him being in the drive-thru asleep. Um, when he's asked if he remembers being in the drive-thru when the officer had arrived, he states that he doesn't remember a thing. All he wanted, and he goes on to say, all I wanted was food, maybe my girlfriend was asleep behind the wheel. Uh, which is, comes across as him telling the officers, you didn't catch me sleeping behind the wheel, you caught my girlfriend sleeping behind the wheel. Um, so I'm guessing his drunken brain thinks that it all makes sense. Um, and we know that that happens, that you now hit. Uh, Rolf explains explains that the only person that's been in the vehicle that night, according to officers, is Brooks. So Brooks then begins to rant and rave, but he, in still a respectful manner, it's just drunken talk, 
And when he's asked how the car got into the drive-thru, he says that he has no idea. And he also doesn't know what county he's in. Well, he claims to know what county he's, he's in. He's not. Um, he's a long way away from where he thinks he is. Um, so it's explained to him that he's actually in Atlanta and he, he's a bit shocked. But at 20 minutes 48 seconds, Brosnan asks him to step out of the car and he asks if Brooks has any issue with him having a pat down. Um, Brooks is compliant, but the part that got me um, was that he, Roth did find a wallet came out, but there was another wad of something in his pocket. Now Brooks says that it's just a roll of ones, but it was he never he never went on to check, which I thought was odd because. I mean, in all seriousness, with this guy's past, there could have been anything in that pocket. Um, they're playing with their own lives at that point, but that's just my opinion. Um, so after the sobriety test is performed, you know, the follow my finger, step one foot in front of the other test, and let me tell you, if I've had a couple of drinks and had to listen and to follow the instructions Rolf gave, it wouldn't have happened. I would have asked him every two seconds, you know, what the hell did you say? What did you mean? Because even I was confused by the instructions that Rolf had been giving, and I was stone sober. Um, but Brooks once again changes his story when spoken to, saying that now he's had a couple of drinks um, and that they were daiquiris. Now, if you remember, I told you that he claimed that he had one margarita. Um, so now, and then, and then later on, again, it changes to one and a half martinis. So none of this was working in his favour at all. Um, but at 41 minutes and 30 seconds, that's when everything seems to hit the fan. Everything. And it's, it's just heartbreaking. Um, because he, he was so compliant, um, there was no issues, nothing, he was, yeah, um, he did everything he was told, I'm just trying to bring it up because someone has been messing with this laptop. Anyway, so here we go, we're at 41 minutes and 30 seconds, listen up. Now, this is where he goes to put the handcuffs on, as you heard, and Brooke isn't having a bar over. Brooks tries to get away, but as he does, sorry, my laptop is doing its own thing tonight, um, or today. Um, so Brooks tries to get away, um, and he's wrestled, they're wrestled to the ground, but... At 42 minutes and 5 seconds, after they've got him to the ground, Brooks takes a taser, one of the officer's tasers. He managed to get a, get a hold of it. Anyway, um, and he manages to get up and he just keeps running. But at 42 minutes 
Let me get it for you. But at 42 minutes, I had this all arranged, by the way, everybody. So please, I don't know what happened there. Um, and at 42 minutes and 12 seconds, three gunshots are heard. Um, after Brooks turns to tase one of the officers. Uh, and here, you'll hear it. This is their foot. And that's where the video pretty much ends from there. Um, but at this point, I have moved over to the CCTV versions of everything um, to see from another perspective. And at 11.22pm, it shows the officers um, running to follow Brooks. Brooks then turns, he points his taser at the officer, and when he does, three shots from Rolf are fired, as you just heard. And Brooks immediately hits the, hits the ground. Now, unpopular opinion here, um, but I don't think these officers should be charged with capital murder. Well, at least, yeah, Rolf has been charged. Um, because in my opinion, they absolutely shouldn't be. There was a real threat there. And although I don't believe that Brooks deserved to die because it, it was, no, definitely not. Not saying that at all. Um, he did deserve to be apprehended and, you know, he did deserve to be apprehended. Um, now, a normal person probably wouldn't fight the DUI, but Brooks is now facing six more years in prison if he were to be taken in on this charge. So once cuffs went on, that was it. He knew back to jail it was. Um, so he became desperate as you'll see if you've seen the footage. Now, the CCTV from Wendy's shows the officers running. Um, and as I said, he goes to tase him. Um, in no way should this apprehension and shooting be glorified. Not at all. Not in my opinion, at least. And um, I, I just this morning got a notification um, that there was a viewing of Rayshard Brooks' body in Atlanta this morning. So, uh, although I do very much feel for the family, um, he wasn't look. He wasn't doing the right thing. He didn't deserve to die, but he wasn't doing the right thing. And in the end, I don't think these officers should be up on felony charges. Or, well, actually, yeah, I don't think Rolf should be up on felony charges. I mean, it, it, it's your opinion you know if you disagree with me that's cool but remember I'm entitled to my own opinion and I'm also entitled to my freedom of speech so that's my opinion um when I saw the footage of the officers because I'd heard that the officers kicked him after he was down after the shoot shoot um shots were fired um and I did I saw one of the officers kick um which I'm pretty sure was Brosnan kicked him while Brooks um, lay on the ground and Rolf, actually Rolf kicked him, Rosnan was, had his foot on him keeping him down. 
But although my blood boiled seeing it, I decided I had to put myself in the cop's position. No, he should never, ever have been kicked. And it shouldn't have been a foot that was used to keep Brooks down. But at that time, they didn't know that the shots had been fatal. Can you imagine being in an officer and having to having someone run from you after they've stolen your taser and try to shoot you with it? With his criminal background. It's, it's not a good feeling. And everybody's talking about the kick. Um, and as I said, I don't agree with that whatsoever. Should not have happened. But I don't know what I would have done in that situation if someone took my taser. Um, but I've been told that I am violent when extremely angry. Try not to be. Um, but now we've got these officers up on felony murder. Or this officer. So we've got Rolf, who has been charged with felony murder, four counts of aggravated assault with deadly weapon, criminal damage to property, and a violation of oath. Plus, there was um, another aggravated assault added to that. And although I agree with all the charges, I don't agree with the murder charge. Manslaughter maybe, but not murder. Um, but then you've got Officer Brosnan, who is charged with aggravated assault and two counts of violation of oath. Question is, should Rolf be up on capital murder charges? You know my opinion. All I ask is that everybody go out and do some research yourselves. Watch the videos and then, before you want to comment, come back to me. Um, as I said, we have a Facebook page for this podcast um, and for discussions, which has been launched at KLEFUP True Crime Podcast. Um, yep, that's the name of the Facebook page. And yet, uh, oh, and even if you want to send a friend request over to the KLE author profile, um, go for it. Um, because I've got two cases I'm working on at the moment that I will be posting a podcast um, based on as I work through the testimonies and finally get a chance to get the DA to speak to me, which FYI, he is refusing to do at the moment, which is not doing, which he is not doing for anyone at the moment. When it comes to this case I'm working on in particular, they want to keep it buried. Um, so go over all the footage and let me know your opinion. We will be back with another podcast soon. Not sure when, hopefully in the next week. Um, it will be in the next week, but I'm in the middle of writing two books right now, so it can be difficult time-wise to get these things done. Um, but these cases need to be talked about. They need to be put out there and we need to make a change happen. Um, it all has changed, we know it. And back to the Brooks case, all I want to say is that cops killing black men and women needs to stop. It does. If we look at the Charleston church shooting in South Carolina in 2016, I think it was, um, where white boy Dylan Roof um, killed nine uh, African Americans while they were having a Bible study. Um, and yet, so we've got these two men that have been murdered, but Dylan Roof, on the way to being questioned, the officers took him to Burger King. 
Burger King of all places. He got luxury. It luxury. Um, and yet we have George Floyd who was murdered over a twenty dollar fake bill. Where the owner owner of the establishment, um, where the twenty dollar bill was used, was he stated to the officers later in later at a later time that most people that use these notes actually don't know. Um, that they are using them. They don't know that they're fake. Um, so my blood boils when I think about the Dylan Roof situation with Burger King and being treated like he'd done nothing wrong after killing so many people. But then we have the um, Ahmed Aubrey case where it looked like he had gone onto a property that was being constructed and for what we've seen, he didn't steal anything um, from the property. But he ran from it and he was gunned down by two hicks. That's what I want to call the white assholes. Um, Travis Michael and Gregory Michael. And yet, it took months for them to be charged with felony murder. I know that the DA was... Um, they wanted The family wanted the DA to change due to the fact that there was a conflict of interest and that the pandemic had come in, but still, come on. It was the opposite way around. It wouldn't have taken months, and we know that. Um, we all need to take a real good look at ourselves and realise that staying silent isn't the way to go about it. Uh, yes, as white people, we don't want to say anything um, because we don't want to screw up and offend anyone by supporting um, because we've never been in that situation any similar situations and I say and when I say we I'm talking about the white population as I said we don't want to get involved because a lot of us don't want to offend anyone we don't want to be called racist because we screwed up an account but you know at one stage it was the only thing I was worried about when all this began but I went ahead, educated myself on the matter, and I spoke to um, some black people that I know. They, She told me that she was one of four African-American, or people of colour, I'm not sure why. But, um, uh, and because of being getting educated on the matter, I am now speaking up. Because if we don't, nothing's going to change. And it has to change. I will leave it all there for today because I have to go pick up my little boy soon. Um, but I hope you all have a great week and I also hope that we can all do some proper research into the things going on, not only in the United States, but the world. So thank you for joining us and we will catch up with you very soon. Cheers all. Bye.